Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Here's Alexis Sanchez. What a finish. Walcott's going to go through and score. Into the middle. Giroud is two. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 12th of October 2015. I'm Russell Hargreaves and on today's show we'll be talking to Olivier Giroud about his memories of France 98. Lifelong Gooner and former EastEnder Tom Watt is our Arsenal insider and Adrian Clark is here again to preview the Watford game. But let's kick off with the weekend review. With no Premier League games over the weekend, of course, it's given us a chance to look at how Arsenal's players are getting on for their respective countries over the international break. Pleased to say that I'm joined by Arsenal media's Max Jones. Max, good to have you on the show, mate. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, very well, thank you. Uh, we'll start, I think, if we can, then, with the main headlines. Yes, so uh, obviously the, the main one being Aaron Ramsey qualifying uh, for the Euros, helping Wales qualify for their first major tournament for 57 years. Don't know if you remember the uh, the 1958 World Cup at all. Not Russ. that old, mate. Not quite that. Old. <laughs> but yeah, so feel like it. <laughs> it's a, it's a bit of a strange story because they actually lost 2-0 against Bosnia, but still finished at, at least second. Still a game to play, obviously. Um, after Cyprus beat third place Israel uh, 2-1, this is actually their only only their first qualifying defeat. So, yeah, good time to get it. Yeah, brilliant stuff. So really good news for Wales and Ramsey. Uh, one other one, of course, we should be across as well. Exciting young player who's made an international debut. Yes, Alex Awobi came off the bench to make his uh, senior debut against the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, they actually lost the game 2-0, but yeah, it's an unforgettable day for him, especially as he's, you know, he seems to be following in his uncle's footsteps. He may not want us to talk too much about JJ Okocha being his uncle, but... Yeah, he's, he's making similar strides in the football world now. He's just signed a new long-term contract of Arsenal, so he's definitely one to, uh, to keep an eye on. So really good news for Nigeria to have somebody like that coming through. Uh, and of course, no significant injuries, no which significant is very injuries. important. Yeah, that's always very nice to hear. Good, because we've got <laughs> some big, big games coming up. Uh, obviously, we've got a lot of Arsenal players whose teams have now qualified for the Euros. Quite a few of those confirmed over the last couple of days. Yeah, I mean, we'll just, we'll just work for a list based on the qualifying groups yeah, yeah. now. Uh, France will obviously be there, tournament hosts. So you can expect to see Giroud, Koscielny and Debussy all, all in France. Nice. Um, Petr Cech and Thomas Rizicki have also qualified. So they came second to Iceland, who were a bit of a surprise in Group A. And it does mean that they've qualified ahead of Turkey and the Netherlands as well. So 
you know, quite big fish in that group. France looking good, Czech Republic looking good, but also Max, a few others as well. Yeah, Mesut Ozil claimed an assist for uh, Max Cruz's winner in, in Germany's 2-1 victory against Georgia yesterday. That guaranteed their spot, finishing top of the group. Also in that group, Wojciech Szczesny, unused substitute in both games, but he has helped in qualifying and Poland will now be going to France. And he's been doing well, hasn't he, in Italy as well? He's, he's been doing very well in Italy. Very impressive. So, you know, we're going to be looking forward to when he comes back here at the end of his <laughs> And Spain, we should be across, and England clearly as well. So both teams qualified really convincingly, you know, with ease as well. A lot's been said about England going nine games unbeaten in the group. Sorry, ten games unbeaten overall, but nine consecutive victories yeah, yeah. in that group. Uh, Santi Cazorla as well, also impressed. Two goals against Luxembourg in their 4-0 win. So you expect to see a lot of players representing Arsenal at the, uh, at the Euros in France. So in terms of those, just finally then, that really impressed over the international break, Cazorla would be one and hopefully one or two of our England stars as yes, well. Yes, yeah, well, Theo Walcott was very impressive grabbing that opener. Um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain came on late as well. Yeah, you know, he, he looks typically busy, typically threatening going forward. Um, Kieran Gibbs, unused substitute, but he may get a run out in tonight's game. You know, Roy Hodgson is looking to mix things up a bit, try some players out. And with Leighton Baines and Luke Shaw out, Kieran Gibbs should be fancying a, a start tonight. Um, along with that, Olivier Giroud hey. scoring two goals last night um, against Denmark in their international friendly. Both kind of strikers' instinct goals, so very exciting to see him and Walcott both hitting form at the same time for their countries. Hopefully we can take that into this weekend against Watford. And just finally, we have another informed striker. Alexis Sanchez scored his seventh goal in his last four games by scoring against Brazil in their uh, 2018 World Cup qualifier. So, yeah, Watford are going to have a real, real challenge trying to keep Arsenal quiet this weekend. So, happy days for Chile as well. Max, thank you very much indeed. Top stuff, mate. Uh, of course, Max mentioned Olivier Giroud there. Now, let's hear from one of Arsenal's first-team stars who is currently away on international duty, and that is Mr Giroud. Olivier Giroud has established himself as a key member of France's squad very quickly in his four years of international football. The striker's already got 40 caps and 12 goals for his country, including a memorable header against Switzerland in the 2014 World Cup. Olivier looks set to feature at France 2016, and ahead of the international break, he sat down with Arsenal media's Josh James to recall his country's last success on home soil back at the 1998 World Cup. So you were 11, I think, were you, for um, France 98 when they hosted the World Cup. Um, what are your memories of that? Uh, yeah, I remember uh, all the competition, you know. Um, I, uh, I watch uh, every uh, single uh, French uh, team game. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I was really proud, you know, when we won the, the World Cup. And it was a fantastic year because it was at home and... Mm. Um, uh, I was yeah, only 11, as you said, but uh, yeah, I can uh, can remember every single moment of uh, this uh, this uh, competition. This victory was amazing, and I would like to yeah, enjoy it with um, French um, people. Uh, so hopefully, yeah, we will uh, we will go we will go till uh, till the end. So where did you watch the final back in '98? Do you remember where uh, you were? Yeah, I was uh, in my cousin uh, place uh, in the south of France. Uh, yeah, we had um, like blue, white, uh, red yeah. paint on my face, uh, and uh, yeah, it was amazing. After we were, we went in the street and like um, 
yeah, celebrating in the cars. Yeah, in the cars. How do you say? Yeah, beeping the horn and beeping the horn. Yeah. So driving down the street, flags and everything. So did that inspire a whole generation? Because that was a real golden age for for the France team, wasn't it? All the big yeah, names. yeah, golden age, as you said. But um, yeah, we need to we need to write a new page of uh, mm. you know um, of the French uh, team history, and um, uh, we have done quite well uh, in the World Cup. Uh, we lost again the World Champion. And it was. Uh, was a, a tight game but um, yeah we want to um, we want to to show that at home um, with our good squad uh, our good um, uh, togetherness you know mm. um, in this in this um, French squad uh, we can we can get uh, yeah far um, in this competition yeah. From one French striker to another, it's time for a very special Arsenal history lesson. And it's Adams, put through by Bold! Would you believe it? Or oh, Charlie George, who can hit him. Oh, look It's up for grabs now! Thomas! Right at the end! On the 18th of October 2005, Thierry Henry struck twice against Sparta Prague at the Toyota Arena to break Ian Wright's record for Arsenal and become the club's all-time leading goalscorer. Torre with the ball forward. This is Henry. Thierry Henry! Six minutes into his comeback and Thierry Henry has equaled Ian Wright's goal-scoring record and put Arsenal in front against Sparta Prague. Pires. Well then Pires. Delightful ball for Henri. This is Henri for two. He's done it. Goal number 186. Thierry Henri, Arsenal's greatest goal scorer ever. I wasn't even meant to travel. I just came back like I trained for two days. I had some problem with my Achilles, I remember, and uh, and the boss said, you know what, Thierry, just come with us and you know, you you won't play. And I came on and I scored two goals, which is wasn't the plan right from the start. But um, yeah, the only thing I, I will always I think regret is that I didn't do it at Ivory. Um, but I, you know, it was a great thing, and uh, um, you know, it was a special moment. I wanted to celebrate it with uh, with my with my teammates. That is why when you. When you see me scoring, I go like, I ask everybody to come and uh, uh, it was a great moment. Thierry would receive the ultimate honour a week later when Wright recognised the striker's achievement in front of 38,000 Arsenal fans at Highbury. One Arsenal legend congratulates another. A warm embrace between Ian Wright and Thierry Henry. And Wright will make a presentation to his successor to mark his midweek milestone of 186 goals for the club. The Frenchman here has overtaken Wright's record and they are the two most accurate gunners of all time, having hit the target between them 371 times for Arsenal. 
Thierry spent eight years in North London during his first spell at the club and then returned for a season in 2012 to boost his goal tally to an incredible 228. He's one of the most iconic players to have ever worn the red and white, having lifted five major trophies and spearheaded Arsenal's invincible season. And he's one of only five men to have been immortalised with a statue adorning the Emirates Stadium. But that's enough from us about Thierry Henry. Let's hear our Arsenal insiders' memories of him. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, this week's Arsenal insider is the actor, presenter, journalist and, of course, Arsenal supporter Tom Watt. Tom, great to have you on the podcast. How are you, mate? Thank you very much. Not bad at all, although I feel anything but an insider at the moment. I've been uh, travelling all over Europe the last month, month and a half on a BT Sport film and I feel like I've, I've, I've watched Arsenal games in some very strange places, let me tell you. <laughs> Good work. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to go back first of all and just continue something we've been talking about on the show already, which is Thierry Henry and perhaps your memories of him? Of Thierry? Um, well, uh, where do you start exactly? I mean, I do. Uh, it was one of the great kind of honours of my life, really, as an Arsenal supporter. The Football Writers Association did a, a whole kind of special evening recognising uh, Thierry's achievements at Arsenal and in English football. And um, they, they got in touch with me, the Football Writers got in touch with me and said, oh, would you say a few words? Um, and a few words turned out when I got there that they meant, oh, will you be the turn, really? Oh, and I nice. did kind of pick out four or five sort of just great, great memories of Thierry. Not, not least, uh, probably if, the, if there was one, that you know, that afternoon against Liverpool, we'd been knocked out of the FA Cup by uh, Manchester United. We'd been knocked out of the Champions League by Chelsea. Come the Saturday... In the invincible season, we find ourselves twice behind to Liverpool. And Thierry just kind of... Obviously, that was a wonderful team. But Thierry, by sheer force of will, I think, made sure that that season stayed the invincible season. And, of course, we went on to win the league. Um, there are so, memory, so many memories, really. Fantastic, fantastic player. And as you say, he wasn't just a goal scorer, was he? It was the other elements that he brought to the team. That force of will was clearly one. But he's one of these guys that just exudes class, calm and brings the best out of others as well. Yeah, absolutely. Although, to be fair, he was part of a team that had that all over the pitch. I mean, my favourite ever Arsenal player, Dennis Bergkamp, I'm, I'm sure, you know, Thierry will, will tell anybody who wants to listen just how, for a striker, what it's like to play alongside someone like Bergkamp. And, you, you know, you look through that kind of invincible team, for example, and it's just... There's kind of quality everywhere, and, and uh, Thierry, I suppose, was a kind of goal-scoring talisman. But, yeah, absolutely, uh, and plenty to his game. You know, he wasn't just about finishing, as it were, you know, kind of laid goals on for other people and, um, and did his bit defending from the front as well. So, no, absolutely all-round uh, uh, an amazing, amazing footballer. So a couple of tricky questions for you here. As you say, a great all-round forward, and it's tough to compare here, as we both know that, but Wright or Henri? Uh, it is difficult to compare eras, actually. Uh, in fact, it's it's almost impossible, really. You kind of you wonder. I think you you have to. To be perfectly honest, I think you have to look at the team that Thierry was part of and look at the team that Ian was part of. And I think you know, kind of planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. The whole team was about righty and had to be about righty. It was, it was a different kind of, you know, for, for sort of, for finishing, for raw enthusiasm, you'd have to say righty was, was absolutely up there. You know, you just felt like he was one of those. He was one of those players, and they're, they're pretty rare these days. They were pretty rare even in Wrighty's days. Who you felt like, you know, he played like you imagine as a supporter you would play if you got the call. Do you know what I mean? That yeah, kind yeah. of, that passion, that enthusiasm, that sort of, just that Arsenalness. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Thierry was something else again. I mean, you know, in terms of kind of um, all-round ability, raw pace, just, uh, you know, Thierry was, was arguably the better footballer, but you wouldn't, what do, you know, what do you do? What, if if you, you take either of those to, to be leading your team, any day of the week, wouldn't you? And just finally on this, Henri obviously right up there as one of, if not the greatest Arsenal ever player. Again, tough, but I mean, what he did was just phenomenal, wasn't it? Was it was just phenomenal. I mean, I, for me, Dennis Bergkamp is, uh, is the greatest player in, uh, in Arsenal history. Um, just, I think that Dennis is, you know, obviously Thierry scored more goals, um, but I, I, I just feel Dennis, not only was he as as gifted a footballer as I've ever watched play, the only person I could even begin to compare him to really was Liam Brady. And I remember talking to Liam about it and him saying, Dennis Bergkamp, best player ever to play for Arsenal. So I always thought if, if Liam's saying that, I'll go with Liam because <laughs> Liam was the best player I saw you know, over 40 or 50 years watching, uh, watching Arsenal until Dennis came along. But the thing with Dennis, I think not only was it his quality as a player, but I think the time he arrived at the club and the impact he had, I think that, you know, you look at, we're all aware of the difference that, that Arsene Wenger made to Arsenal when he arrived. And I think that kind of out on the pitch, Dennis had that kind of impact on Arsenal, I think was, was part of a kind of complete change in culture, complete change in, in what what Arsenal as a football team and as a football club 
represented, really. I, I just think that he... Dennis changed everything uh, in a way that I, I'm not sure. You'd probably have to go way back in the mists of time, you know, and find a, a figure like Charlie Buchan or someone like that to, to kind of someone who had a comparable impact on the history of the football club, not just in terms of what he did out on the pitch, but what he represented um, at a particular time in, in where Arsenal were and where Arsenal were going. Let's just finish, Tom, with a couple of tweets from listeners, as we like to do during this Arsenal Insider segment. Um, at the Grove Gooner says, I think that for this coming weekend against Watford, which we'll talk about with Adrian Clark in a moment, that Giroud should play up front. We need to play the rotation game if we're going to challenge, and this would be a good game to bring him back in. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe. I, again, I'm not really... I'm, I'm not 100% convinced by this kind of rotation thing, to be perfectly honest. You know, we're only in October. I think what this is about, I mean, yes, of course, we've got, you know, we've got kind of big games on the horizon, two games home and away against, uh, against Bayern Munich that are going to sort of decide what happens to us in, in terms of Europe this season, but uh, kind of on the horizon. And we've got players coming back from all over the world, having been on international duty, as we always do. So, uh but I'm not sure about this kind of... I, I think you pick a side, every single game, you pick the side that you think is most likely to win the game. Um, I think Theo's doing great at the moment. Um, he'll have been coming back from Lithuania. Obviously, uh, Olivier Giroud is, is short on confidence. I'm a huge fan. I've been since his first away game in Arsenal colours up at uh, the Britannia Stadium, where I, I, I thought I'd never see an Arsenal centre-forward have a fight with the likes of Shawcross <laughs> and, uh, and Hoof and the rest of them. So I'm a, I'm a huge Giroud fan. But I, I think if you play Giroud, or if, if Arsene plays Giroud, I would trust that that is because he thinks that kind of centre-forward gives you your best chance of winning the game. Someone who can, who can play with his back to goal and, and allow other people to join from midfield. I'd, I'd say that's, that's the basis on which you decide, not... Oh well, you know Theo's had a few games, so now Olivier Giroud needs a game or two. Oh, no, I completely I, agree, and also I, I just the fact as well that you know, with, with teams in and around that part of the table, no disrespect, you often get defenders that sit back, and maybe this particular example of a target man might work better than, than Theo's runs from deep. Maybe we'll see. Um, Tom, just finishing off as well at Palm Pal, this is an interesting one. Says I'd like to see. Cazorla moving back into kind of the attacking midfield trio rather than playing deep and maybe Ramsey switched back and actually playing in that two behind the three, behind the striker. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? We are, we are, <laughs> we are spoilt for choice just at the moment. Uh, you know, there is that whole kind of if it ain't broke, don't fix it thing. Uh, the, the most unlikely thing last season, Cazorla and Coquelin, and that working. I just, it, you know, and to be fair, it's kept working. Um, you know, arguably over the piece, the last nine or ten months, that has been the absolute key to what we've, what we've done. So to be thinking right now about moving Coquelin out, uh, sorry, moving Cathoda out of there, um, I'm wondering about that. Um, that said... I absolutely get what he's on about because for me, Ramsey is the kind of quality you can build a team around for the next six or seven years. I think you look at his, I mean, I know they lost the game. But you look at his performance in uh, uh, in Bosnia, just his performances for Wales 
where he is the kind of top, you know, he is the, I was going to say top man, but you know what I mean, playing <laughs> in behind Gareth Bale. He's, he's just a fantastic, fantastic player. So I absolutely understand the idea of, of tucking him back in, but I think you'd be a brave man to break up that, you know, that Coquelin, um Cofola axis there, which has served us very, very well indeed. I, I just think it's, you know, there will be a point at which, for whatever reason, Ramsey comes in and sits alongside um, Coquelin, and then it will be up to him to stay there. At the moment, Cofola's the man in possession, and I'm, I'm actually keener on Cofola playing where he's playing now than I am further forward. I think that, you know, I think further forward you need the ball needs to move more quickly, if you know. I, th- I think that, that you know the the that Özil and Sanchez and 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 even Ramsey with his breaks into the area. I, I, I'm kind of I'm thinking that works, as it were. And Cathola alongside Cochrane. Who would have imagined that Santi Cathola at this stage in his career would have learned how to tackle? Who would ever <laughs> have imagined that? Great stuff. That is Tom Watt joining us here on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. And, uh, mate, thank you very much indeed for your time. Really appreciate it. Great to have you on. That's all from our Arsenal Insider. Now it's time to look ahead to that weekend game with Adrian Clark. Well, of course, Adrian Clark is the start of the breakdown every Monday and, of course, the matchday show every weekend here on the Arsenal Player. Uh, Adrian joins me now to look ahead to that big game against Watford that's coming up. Uh, Adrian, hello, mate. How are you? All good, thank you. Yeah, very well. So the Hornets have had a decent start to the season for a team that's newly back into the Premier League. What have you made of it? I think better than decent because they've got practically a new team. It's incredible the the number of changes that they made during the summer. The side that got promoted has, by and large, been ripped up replaced by a collection of players from all different leagues and, and, and I worried about them in that regard I, I wondered how they'd, how they'd function I thought defensively they might not gel and that they would leak goals but it's actually been the exact opposite, they've been pretty watertight at the back, haven't given a lot, of, a lot away and, and they've nicked some really precious wins and points so I think they can be delighted. And obviously there was a change of management involved in all of that as well I mean as you know in the game when you've got so much change and so much instability it can be problematic Mm. but I guess they've been used over time to seeing players come and go with the links to teams like Udinese and so on. It's incredible, yeah. I think I think the players that have that have been at Watford throughout the transitions have just got used to this turnover of players and normal. managers. <laughs> yeah, it is normal. But they've got a really good tactician at the moment in Kike Flores. He's 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 been around the block. He's got a great reputation in Spanish football. He's managed in different countries, and and I just think he's a wily campaigner. And he'll try and come up with a game plan against Arsenal. He he's proven himself, I think, as a, as a defensively astute coach so far. The question now is, can he? also make them an attacking force at the same time because they have been short of goals. And that's the thing, isn't it? You do, on the whole, need goals to stay in the Premier League. There's the odd exception, yeah. but generally you need to keep finding the back of the net. Yeah. So with that in mind, can yeah. they maintain this start? Um, yeah, I think they can because because you'd imagine they'll be able to maintain the defensive stability. If anything, the longer these guys get to play alongside one another, they should improve. And going forward, I think they've got quality, but the problem is, have they got enough depth? That's that's the question I'd ask. Igalo and Dini I really like, but have they got the backup firepower that can, that can take them through a whole season? That's the big concern. I think they're going to be in a, in a relegation dogfight. I don't think we should get ahead of ourselves here. But... 
the signs suggest that they're equipped to handle it. And obviously, as we've been discussing on the show this week, coming in, all teams, including Arsenal and Watford, after an international mm -hmm. break, that, I suppose, can kind of work two ways. Kind of, Hopefully, everybody's had a little rest. They've gone out, not got injured, represented their country and come back. But mm -hmm. you just never know, do you? No, and, and for Arsenal, they didn't want the international break because they, they finished it on such a high against Manchester United. What a performance that was. For Watford, it was a little bit flat. I mean, they, they picked up a good point at Bournemouth. They were beaten in their in their previous home match against Crystal Palace. So, so th things to work on. But but maybe the advantage Watford have had during the international break is that they haven't had as many players as Arsenal away from the club. I think you know the manager has had time to work on things and a long long time to just get that game plan into the players' minds. And and that's just the little nagging thing I have in my mind. I think Watford will be well prepared for the Gunners' visit. Well, let's finish with our kind of three traditional questions of this format. First of all, how can Watford Hurt Arsenal. Well, Watford can hurt Arsenal with um, with the front two because because they're excellent. They, they are they're Premier League class, no doubt about that. The captain Troy Deeney links up fabulously with uh, Igalo. He, he he's the live one. He's really the only guy that's. They're scoring goals for Watford at the moment. He's got five. So those two will be, the, will be the most problematic for Arsenal and they will look to link up all the time. We need to contain them. How then, Adrian, can Arsenal potentially hurt Watford? Well, I, th I think they're going to sit back and, and try and soak up pressure. They like to look after the ball, but, but I don't believe they'll make the mistake United did of trying to press us high up the pitch because we will destroy them. So, so I expect them to, to, to try and pack central areas. I think we can hurt them by playing quick football and by outpassing them in central midfield. We've got so much quality in there. And I look at Watford's engine room and it's just it's just not on the same level. I think we can kill them in the midfield. Obviously, we've seen, haven't we, just thinking players over the years go from Arsenal to Watford. I'm mm. thinking players like Vanazza. I know Stephen Hughes was there briefly when he mm. had a few injury problems as well. But obviously, Hector Bellerin mm. has spent time on loan there. I know it's very different in terms of the team. But yeah. popping back to Vicarage Road, you know. Well, it's, well, it's, a, it's a training ground derby as well. It's a, so Bellerin had a great time at Vicarage Road. I know that. It, was, it, it developed him, it helped his development no end. But the, the training grounds back onto one another at <laughs> London Colney. So let's just hope there's not too much drone action this week. If there are any drones circling the air above Arsenal section, you know where it's come from. <laughs> Clearly not vice versa. But it's only a short trip for the drone, isn't it? As you say, it's just a couple of hundred yards. <laughs> Love it. Um, OK, what about a key battleground head to head? Yeah, I think that Troy Deeney is the key man for them because everything seems to go through him. They'll play a lot of high balls up towards his chest and his feet. So the Gab I expect Gabriel to be the man that gets tight to him. So Gabriel against Troy Deeney is the key head-to-head. -head. If Gabriel asserts himself, knocks the Watford captain out of his stride, it'll give Arsenal a big advantage. If it's the other way round, Watford will cause Arsenal problems. And in a sentence, Adrian Clark, how do Arsenal beat Watford? Well, Arsenal beat Watford by playing fast purposeful football. That's, it's as simple as that. When they, if they can match the display they produce against Manchester United, they'll blow Watford away. So that's full time on this week's show. My thanks to Olivier Giroud, to Tom Watt and to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. Remember, you can tweet your questions to the podcast by using the hashtag Arsenal Weekly. Remember, if you haven't hit the subscribe button already on iTunes, do so and then you'll never miss another episode. We're back on Monday, October the 19th. And until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you gunners. Thanks for listening, and remember you can subscribe to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast on iTunes or listen to a new show every Monday on arsenal.com and SoundCloud. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.